All right, as promised, I'm back again with the second half of that office hours video from October 2023. And in this video, I am sharing my personal experiences with mistakes that I see bloggers, especially in the food and nutrition space, making that might be hurting them now in this era of the helpful content update. So I walk you through a whole bunch of suggestions. So I want you to go through and look at all the common issues and double check to see if you are making any of these mistakes on your website. Then at the end of the call, really quick, I talk about some winners and losers in the helpful content update and what we can glean from these people's gains and losses. So I hope you enjoy this video and don't forget to subscribe to my channel for more content like this. Welcome to the Unconventional RD Podcast, where we inspire dietitians to think outside of the traditional employment box and create their own unconventional income streams. We'll talk all things online business to help you start, grow, and scale your own digital empire. So common trouble spots that I've been seeing for bloggers. Issues with site structure and topical authority. So not having categories on their site or having too many categories, um, not having clear topic clusters, no inter internal linking between related posts, um, or it's really hard to find helpful content once someone is on your site. So they come to your homepage and they're like excited to learn about whatever you're an expert in. And then it's like, where do I go? Like, where do I find this content? If all you're doing is having a blog feed and it's not organized in a way to help the user, that's not the best practice. So work on improving that. Um, so if you're missing this concept, you're kind of giving off this like hodgepodge vibe, which is probably a signal to Google that you're focusing more on SEO versus user experience. So this would be something to tweak to try to recover from the helpful content update, in my opinion. Um, another common trouble spot, not showing off EEAT. So missing the author names, publisher revision dates in your bylines, not linking that author name to your author page, not having an about page or author pages, not having any clear contact information, not having your privacy policy, terms of service and disclaimers in your footer shown site-wide, including your homepage. So that's an uh, area where I've seen some people mess this up on their homepage design. Maybe they used a page builder or something and their fitter, footer is missing on their homepage and none of this information is there. So that's important. And then not clearly and adequately showing off their experience, their expertise and their credentials. If you publish anything YMYL health related, this is critical. And then not thinking bigger. So having SEO tunnel vision, only focus on finding keywords they can rank for, but missing this like bigger holistic picture of like the purpose of their website and their brand. Why does your brand and your website exist? Who are you serving? And this is a big one. What problems are you solving? And would someone recommend your site to a friend? And if you can't say confidently yes, then I bet in your gut you're like, I can think of a few ways I can improve this and make that part of like your bigger picture planning for like the next six months focus or something like that. Obviously long-term as well, but like make it a priority to work on that uh, angle of things. Um, and then. So do a quick check. If someone visits your homepage, is it super obvious what your site is about and the benefit it provides? Or is it just a list of your latest posts, leaving somebody confused about where to go, what to do next, or why your site exists or how you can help? So lessons five and six of my SEO course are all about these topics. So, And I updated them just a few months ago 
like redid a lot of the videos, updated it for best practices like today. Um, so all of this is super important. I've found that sometimes people start to go through the SEO course and they get through lesson one, they're like set up their tracking, they get through lesson two, they're like, cool, I understand keyword research. They get to lesson three and they're like, okay, great. I know how to write a post. And then they're like, oh, that's it. Like the rest of the stuff, I'll get to it eventually. And then they don't really ever do any backlink building. They don't actually organize their site structure in a good way. They're not showing off their EEAT. Their site speed is nah, not great. The user experience is suffering. Um, but all of these things really matter. And it's not one thing that's going to like get you. It's the cumulative overall experience. And I think sometimes it gets put off or doesn't ever become an area of focus. Um, so if that's you, my suggestion would be to go through and watch the second half of the course that I think gets like deprioritized sometimes. <laughs> um, but it is so important. So watch the stuff on building backlinks and building your brand and your authority and getting mentioned online. Watch the stuff about EEAT and how to show that off on your website and site structure, quarterly content update plan. I put out a whole lesson now about every quarter, do this. Figure out, I basically said, if your site's at least one year old, your content calendar should be 50% updating content and 50% new content. And then I show you exactly how to look in Google Search Console and find what posts are highest priority for updating to fill that 50%. And then you just go through every quarter and find your highest priority posts and, and, and focus on that so that you keep your website fresh and high quality as well. Because again, with this helpful content update, we don't want to start having our content get old and stale and unhelpful and then having old unhelpful content become the bulk of our content, we need to keep it fresh and we need to keep it updated and helpful. Um, and then overall, just having a poor user experience. So um, kind of like a dated design, difficult to navigate, any intrusive pop-ups, making it hard to find key information on your site that answers someone's question, hard to tell who's behind the content, missing links for health claims, so not referencing your stuff, um, all of those things. Sometimes you just like lose sight of the bigger picture. You have like tunnel vision on writing your post and then you forget, you know, two years go by and you're like, oh man, like I've really worked on my homepage and I'm guilty of this as well. Like my, our homepage could use a facelift as well. It's not horrible, but it could be better. Um, so just making sure that you don't forget about those things. Uh, and then other common trouble spots, creating content outside of your actual expertise. Dietitians aren't doctors. So if you find yourself writing about medications, treatments, symptoms, it's probably out of your scope and you're probably not going to rank for it unless you have a medical professional uh, reviewing your content and that is like in the schema. Um, so try to stick to food or diet related content as much as possible or partner with other healthcare practitioners who do have the expertise, like demonstrable expertise, like credentials um, to review your content. Similarly, food bloggers aren't health experts. So food bloggers are getting into hot water in the same regard as well by making health claims in their recipe posts without citations or expert reviewers. So depending where you are and what your niche is, those are things to definitely watch out for. Some of this has been happening already, especially in the health space with the medic update, um, but now food bloggers are kind of feeling it more too. So if you're doing health-related content and you start to veer away from just nutrition advice, 
99% of the time, it's going to be like healthcare organizations or doctors that are going to outrank you. And now with this latest update, probably providers who have services or um, I saw a lot of like tech, medical tech companies rising in the search results as well. Um, I think this is Google turning up the dial on this uh, experience metric. So like, how do they know if you have experience? Well, if you are a pri private practice person and you have services to offer or a course or something like that, like that shows that you have experience in a way that like the bots can kind of detect. So things to think about as well. I even saw one website, they still have a services tab on their website. So it could be like a signal to Google. I don't know if I'd recommend this. It's probably gaming the system. They still have the services tab and then you click it and it says like, well, we're no longer providing services, but like blah, 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 blah. I wonder, I just wonder if that's still helping them because it has this, the page on their site. Um, so yeah, other common trouble spots, not adding any real value. So just rehashing what everyone else has already said, do your own research on PubMed and cite it, collect your own data, add your personal and professional experiences, take your own photos, create your own infographics, film a video, go deeper, show off your unique firsthand insights that no one else has covered. So coming back to the idea of providing actual, helpful, unique information, but still using SEO principles to rank it. But don't just go for SEO without actually being helpful. That makes sense. Um, and then another big one, lacking external brand or author signals. So again, I think with the rise of AI, having a true brand and real experts behind your content is key. So work on getting your brand mentioned elsewhere on the internet. Um, I think it's especially helpful if you can get mentioned organically in forums like Reddit. And the key there is just being genuinely helpful again, right? Like, if you are actually helpful, people will want to recommend you. If you're not, you'll probably not really come up in discussions in your niche. So like this is not related to um, my, my newest website. I need to work on that for that brand. Um, I think the way to get mentioned, for example, for my Nutritionist Answers blog would to be a, a helpful resource where people want to know about a food. They come to the site and I have the information they need in an easy to organize or easily organized, easy to find way then I could see people wanting to recommend that. Like examine.com, for example, is highly recommended all over the internet. Um, my unconventional RD brand is recommended in dietitian spaces. It's like, are you really helping? Because then you'll get mentioned organically in these like conversation spaces. And that I think is a signal that Google might be looking at. Um, audit your author's reputations online, work on building cohesion and expertise there. Um, so look at your own author reputation, try to boost it as much as you can, get backlinks and mentions, um, be in the media. But also if you have contributors on your site, what are their reputations look like? Can you work on helping them boost those or um, partnering with people who already have really good expertise to make your site look better? Um, and just make sure you have a presence on the internet. So if the only way that your site is getting found is uh, SEO, I think, I don't know, but I think that that's probably not good moving forward. I think in this AI age, perhaps, I don't know if Google will ever admit this, but I, I just have a hunch that they want to see that you're also important elsewhere, like that you're not just writing content to get found in search results, but that you're relevant and that you're like an authority and a name to know in your space. So like, what else can you do? It doesn't have to be social media, but media, getting getting your name in the media is probably helpful. 
Um, even if it's just like being active on LinkedIn or Twitter or just a platform where it's like you are trying to spread value and like serve people, I think is going to be helpful moving forward as well. Um, just showing that you're not just a, just a blog trying to get ad revenue, basically. So niches that were heavily impacted, anything where personal experience is highly valued. So um, there was also a large SERP search result um, change up in the formatting in certain niches where Reddit and Quora like got huge gains. So anything where people want recommendations, the top spots got bumped down and forum responses got bumped up. So um, for example, travel recommendations, like best restaurants to eat at in Salt Lake City, for example. Perhaps in the past, before this update, it was like, you know, five blog posts were the first results and they were SEO travel bloggers trying to target this keyword, for example. Now, what you might find is the top spot is a the top blog. The second spot is Reddit. And it's people giving their firsthand experience and recommendations, not a blogger who Google isn't sure really knows the best answer. Like, did you go to Salt Lake City? Do you know that these are the best answers? Or are you just looking on Reddit and then writing it in a blog post? So that type of thing is what they're trying to target. Um, so some of the traffic losses that people are seeing are also not necessarily related to something they did wrong, but more related to Google prioritizing this firsthand experience idea and putting forums in the top spots. So they're losing clicks because of the changes in the search results. So you can um, Google keywords in your niche and see if that impacts you. Um, and then again, bloggers who over SEO'd their content. So not including any clear personal experience. Uh, another key tell for me is if I visit a site and all of the blog post titles are just keywords. Like for example, I and I have some of this on my site too even, um, but like acai versus blueberry, for example, if all you did was like name the post acai versus blueberry and like that's it. And like every single post on your website is just a keyword title. Like that's pretty clear that you're doing keyword research and you're just trying to target keywords. You need to like judge it up a little bit and be like, what's the difference? Or like a nutritionist comparison or like, you know, something to show what the post is about and the value that you're providing, not just like, just keywords. Um, keyword stuffing, writing, using tools to get an SEO, good SEO score, it's probably hurting you. Uh, no cohesion in your content or a clear person that you're serving. You're just writing any posts under the sun you could rank for. And this applies to food blogging niche, affiliate review bloggers, travel bloggers, anyone who's creating uh, content but they're missing like ideal avatar. They're just like pumping it out and they're like, wait, but who is this really for? Um, and yeah, even food bloggers can become guilty of that. If it's like you're publishing every single type of recipe everywhere, <laughs> like uh, it's better if you're like serving a person and you're like, I specialize in quick and easy weeknight meals. Not, and I, this was a problem I had on my old recipe blog as well. Um, I would have like a recipe that would be like, six hours of braising. And then the next one would be like, you know, a 20 minute easy weeknight dinner. It's like, who am I really, is this the same person who would find this content helpful? Like pick a lane, stick with it and keep your ideal reader in mind when you're coming up with your content plan and your keywords. So what to do if you were impacted, take a deep breath. This sucks. There's no way around it, but really you have two choices, adapt or quit. So give yourself a week or two to mourn your losses and then come up with strategy and get back on the horse. 
And this really is going to require doing an honest assessment of your own content and your own website or getting an audit. So go through all of the questions and the points we just talked about and really think about how you can improve. And know that you can recover. So Google in their own documentation says that recovery from a helpful content classifier may take time, but they are continually reassessing sites. And if the unhelpful content is removed for the long-term, the classifier may be removed. So it's not impossible to recover. And just personal experience, even with the Medic update in 2018, my website did recover uh, back up to its original traffic levels, uh, but I think it took like six months. And then shortly thereafter, I ended up closing that brand down because <laughs> I didn't want to have, uh, I just didn't, I was burnt out. I didn't want to run so many businesses at the time. So I just stopped publishing. And then I saw a traffic decline because the website got stale and it's YMYL. So it needs to be fresh if it's health content. Um, so, but it did recover. So even if you're hit, it's likely that you will recover if you take this time to really evaluate what you're doing and whether you're following best practices. And then start thinking about ways to diversify your traffic sources and making sure you're building a true brand. So can you share your content on Pinterest? Can you create web stories, short form, long form video, or images that can rank in addition to just the blog content? And like I said, is my thought process is, is this really preparing the search results for the, the <laughs> presence of the search generative experience? Uh, so if they are giving the info here and the links here, why would they just repeat these same links underneath? Like it doesn't really make a lot of sense. So I think they're gonna be prioritizing other formats of content underneath the AI response. So we'll see. So I, if I were you, I would start thinking about ways to diversify your content into other formats. I don't know, but I think that will pay off when the AI rollout occurs. So video, social media posts, forum discussions, insight, insightful real world experiences, perspectives, insights, showing that anything that like a person would have to provide, not just something that AI could spit out in, as an answer. Um, yeah, so just highlighting again, like the way that the, the search results are changing. It's not all blog post links now. Other things are there. Summary boxes, people also ask boxes, Twitter carousels, um, forums, videos, web stories. Those are taking up more portions of the search results today. This has gradually been happening, but I think there was a big tweak of the dial with the helpful content update a few weeks ago. So for example, when I looked on my phone for that what to serve with blank uh, keyword, there was the featured snippet, which was a blog post, a people also ask box, a blog post, a recipe carousel, a blog post, a forum response, a blog post, videos carousel, short form video carousel, and web stories carousel, and then the rest of the blogs. So the top 10 results, you know, 50% blogs, 50% other types of content. That's a big deal. So something to pay attention to for sure moving forward. Um, Liz said, do you think having students or interns in your own volunteer program being guest blogs would hurt your EEAT? Yeah, I do, honestly. Um, and I think if you're going to do that, you need to be extra sure that you you or another credentialed expert is reviewing the content and like signing off on it and then making sure that's in the schema or having them write for you, but having your name be the author so that it doesn't damage your, your EEAT. So thoughts on future proofing. Focus on building a true brand, diversify beyond just written informational content, repurpose into new formats, build your brand presence on other channels, become a known entity or thought leader in your niche, 
Um, create additional income streams beyond just ads and affiliate links. Courses, memberships, digital goods, group programs, software, consulting, physical goods, books, services, anything <laughs> that you're selling. And then focus on building your list so that you maintain that direct connection to your brand as well. If you're curious how my sites fared during this update, I compared the uh, from the start of the update to just a few days ago compared to the two weeks prior um, in Google Analytics and just looked at organic search traffic. Literally 0% change on my Nutritionist Answers blog, which I am taking as a win, to be honest. And then weirdly, my old food blog up 5%. My old functional nutrition blog up 5%, my old nutrition membership site up 33%, which is interesting because again, and that's an example where I was offering like a product. Um, and then the unconventional RD was down 5%. And I honestly attribute that to a lot of these user experience things. I think that my nutrition related blogs are up because I gained a knowledge panel. Google is now understanding better who I am and they see me as a dietitian, blogger, food expert. They don't see me as a marketing expert. So <laughs> my website with marketing content doesn't really match their um, idea of who I, who I am and what I'm an expert in. So I think that's playing a role. And also this website is just like horrible. It's still on Divi. <laughs> it's site speed is abysmal. It has all these like unhelpful podcast transcripts that I posted on there just that aren't ranking for anything. Are they serving a purpose from like a user experience standpoint? I don't, I don't know. It could be a million bajillion times better. So I'm in the middle of like redoing my whole content strategy for this site. Um, but it's, a beast of a project to improve. I have like no internal linking, no topic clusters, um, all the things I'm doing wrong basically on this brand um, because I didn't start it as any, I wasn't planning on making this like a brand that I was trying to grow like with SEO or a website as my main content hub. It was like, I have a Facebook group and a podcast. And then my website was like kind of the side thing. Um, but I think I'm going to change that because Obviously, there's a lot of benefit and potential in having a good website. So something I'm working on, but not I didn't focus on or build this website in the same way that I did all of my nutrition websites where I was trying to make my website a core part of my brand. Um, if you want to look at some winners, um, we looked at Maggie's website in the PCOS space. I showed you the AI site that I think is temporarily winning, but I think is going to get a beat down in the future. Other ones were like tech companies. Um, I showed you that Dr. Will Cole, he's recovering. Um, he had a drop, but now he's coming back. Um, recipe websites. These are some that are doing well. Once Upon a Chef, well-plated, where it's like brands. They have cookbooks. They have like authoritative voices in their space. Um, even this one, milkandhoneynutrition.com is a diabetes RD who's currently recovering. And then on the flip side, who's losing? Like, look at this site, homebasics.com. This is clearly one of those niche site websites where it's like just trying to rank and bank type of thing. Uh, let me see if it comes up. Oh, home cook basics, sorry. Home cook basics. Uh, so he has recipes, everything under the sun, cooking knowledge, everything under the sun, equipment, shop, I, it, this is like a, an SEO guy who I think is trying to recover. So <laughs> he already has changed some stuff on his site to try to show off his authority better. Like he has a course, he now has a YouTube channel and he's trying to organize his categories. But 
the at the core, what he was trying to do was to rank to get affiliate income. So he's reviewing all these kitchen tools and then kind of targeting SEO keywords. So let me see his site map. He might've been working on this lately, but from looking at the keywords um, that he was ranking for in SEMrush, it's like how to store, blah, blah, blah. Like, I don't know. It's just like probably things that he just thought he could rank for and um, get traffic from. So like substitutes, uh, can you freeze, how to store, how to grate this food, this is versus this food. It's like, but why, you know, like, I don't know. I think he's trying to turn it around and turn it into like a cooking basics website. But I think that the damage is like already done a little bit. And he has to like, really be like, why, why would people trust you? Who are you? Are you an expert in this? Why do you just have like a whole bunch of content about how to do X, Y, Z and that's it, you know, like, I don't know. I think that that's the problem for him. He's lacking the EAT signals. Um, and then same thing here, organicfacts.net. This is the suffering from too many categories, food, beverages, recipes, essential oils, weight loss, wellness, and videos. Way too broad, um, bad user experience from like an ad perspective on your phone. It's like horrible. They try to cover their like EEAT stuff, but Google's like caught on and they're like, um, no, you're clearly just like posting all these like clickbaity type of articles and trying to rank. But look at how many ads are here. It's like ad, ad, ad. Not really, uh, there are some references in this one, but it's just not what Google wants to show. So that's another one. Um, what else was there? Oh, foodsguy.com. This one kind of made me happy because he's he was in my niche. <laughs> it was competing uh, for a lot of keywords alongside our newer, oh, foodsguy, our newer site. And he got hit. Um, but again, it's just like, recipes, how-to, cooking tips. It's again, the recipe bloggers that are trying to go for these informational keywords that are clearly just an SEO play. Like he had all this stuff like, how long can mozzarella sit out? Is bottled water acidic? How long can kombucha sit out? Can you eat lobster roe? How many slices in a 14-inch pizza? Like, why? Like, clearly this is an SEO play. If this was a brand, this was the foods guy and he was like a culinary expert and like, you know, it's like just it's intangible, but it's like, it, this isn't a brand. This is an SEO website. Um, yeah. So same, same thing between all these other, when America's restaurant was another one that was like in my space that got dinged for just creating clearly SEO optimized content. Um, and then someone, it, these two are people in the course who mentioned that they saw losses as well, but I didn't, they just mentioned it like yesterday and I didn't have time to do like a deep dive. But if you want to check out their websites and see if you see any patterns as well, they did mention that they saw drops. Um, so for them, I would advise them to go through all the stuff we just talked about and see how it applies to their site. That was a zillion years long. Hopefully there were some helpful tidbits. And um, I think I'm going to put the slides for this underneath the office hours so that you can look at all those questions just in one spot if you're doing your own audit on your site. And yeah. Best of luck to everyone. I mean, we're all in this together with the changes. Um, this was a big one. And I think AI coming maybe by the end of the year is going to be another big one. So hold your horses and uh, 
we'll just keep brainstorming and, and analyzing together. All right, that's it for today. Let me know which tips you found the most helpful in the comments below. And if you found this video helpful at all, please subscribe to the channel so you can get more of my content each week in your feed. See you in the next video.